Droppe Gaming Droppe Gaming Droppe Gaming Droppe Gaming Welcome to Drop Air Gaming episode number two. We hope you enjoyed the first one. It was a bit of a schmozzle. Uh, it was a bit of a learning curve for myself with some editing, uh, but we managed to get there and we managed to get it up. So hopefully uh, we've had some listeners at this stage and hopefully you guys kind of enjoyed it a little bit. You're back again with your three uh, hosts. Um, again for number two, myself, Lucas. We've got Jamie again and Matt on the line. So anyway, Jamie, go ahead, introduce yourself. What's up, what's up? It's lovable Jamie. Uh, every week, all week, uh, always here. Always. Always, except when he's locked in the basement. Always. Queer. <laughs> <laughs> always here, always queer, Jamie. <laughs> <laughs> and the other magical voice you hear there is Matt. G'day, Matt. Yay. Yeah, yeah, and my voice isn't fucked this week. Kind of helps. My cold is gone. Let's just hope your Skype is alright. Yay. And it will be, will be magical. No, <laughs> Cuts out. That's right. <laughs> At least my mic's awesome. Yeah, that kind of helps. Just a quick touch on, I don't want to make it a, a big topic every week, but uh, it is a gaming podcast, so I guess uh, we should have a very, very quick touch on what we've been playing this week. Jamie, kick it off. Uh, Elo Milo. Warskate 2, Call of Duty Black Ops, Fallout New Vegas actually as well. Been playing some of that. It's nice. good. Uh, Matt, have you been actually playing and any games? Writing some new stuff. Yes. Putting new stuff on. Have I been playing any games? Um, I played Plants vs Zombies for the first time yesterday. Nice. <laughs> was that on the droid? That was fun. Uh, no, on my computer actually. Wow. Ooh. Yeah, how was yeah, it? Believe it, and not even not even on the PC that you got me. For Christmas oh, there you week. go. <laughs> Have you even turned it on? Just on the laptop, whatever. <laughs> yeah, I had the internet running through it before, but it kept dropping out. Good. So that's uh, that's that classic that, again. Whatever. That's that's not the computer. That, that's not the computer. That's just Vodafone. Oh, actually, I want to know how is Plants vs Zombies because I actually haven't played that game at all. Well, I only played about ten. I played about ten, the first ten levels or something, or stages, and it's pretty fun. It's pretty basic. So I've heard far. it is quite addictive. But well, I played ten levels, and then I was like, "Hold on a second, I'm supposed to be doing website coding." <laughs> I was, yes, I, I was you like, are. Oh, I'll just stop for a minute. I'll just stop for a minute and see what Flat Plants vs Zombies is like, and then I was like, "Oh shit!" <laughs> An hour later. How it's, dare you even take a break? <laughs> From coding. That's right. Should be just coding. Why, why aren't you coding well, right now? I was now? up till four this morning. Oh, that's alright. Because I was up till four this morning. Good. So I've got plenty should've, of time. Yeah. Should have should should have been up till five this morning. Let's settle down. We're up. Well, it's only ten, <laughs> 10 p.m., mate. I've got another six. I've got another six hours to <laughs> go. But we're back to real life tomorrow because uh, there's no more holidays. Not for real workers. Uh, yeah, for you, man. Anyway. Back <laughs> <laughs> So, myself, I've actually had a pretty good week with games. Um, I uh, had the flu for a lot of this week, so I was home. I got to watch a couple of movies as well, which was good fun. But um, on the PC, I played some New Vegas. Uh, played a little bit more of Mass Effect 2, but haven't spent a lot of time playing on the PC. 
Got myself uh, Madden 11 and Battlefield Bad Company 2 from the Civic Video down the road. What else? Black Ops, I guess. And that's about it, really, I suppose. Just a lot of those games, if anything. So that's it. That's all I've been playing as well. So the, some of the big stuff that's been going on this week. One of the big events, I guess, worldwide was CES, uh, which was on, was it in Vegas? Uh, yes, yeah. Las Vegas. So, not Bris not Vegas. Bris Vegas Las this Vegas. time, where most things happen. <laughs> <laughs> Breaking news from Bris Vegas. Yeah, that's the, that's the consumer electronics show. If, you, if you've been living under a rock. Just... Yep. Good to cover that yeah, off. If you don't know what CES, that's is. right. So yeah. uh, now it's now I actually know. <laughs> well, uh, Matt's actually put up an article on the site about the Sony uh, press conference and the keynote that they had. There was also a lot of stuff coming out of you know, Microsoft and some of the other big um, you know, developers of technology. But Matt, I'll uh, pass it over to you if there's any information you've got. Plus, I also heard there's some information you've got on the new phone. But I'll leave it to you to discuss. Go ahead. Uh, okay, radio. Sweet. So, Sony's uh, CES keynote or uh, press conference that was on, when was it? Uh, Thursday, I think, our time. Basically, they do the Sony and Microsoft did their press conferences the night before the official opening of the trade show floor, and um, the first off the ranks was Sony, which is you know, it's just kind of indicative of life in general. <laughs> <laughs> Sony's just better; they're one step ahead, apart from Connect, but we won't talk about that. <laughs> anyway, so they've um they came out and did their usual little spiel about all their cameras and TVs and stuff like that. They're releasing a new line of Bravia TVs for the thing called Corning Gorilla Glass, which is apparently you can stab it and it doesn't break. So that'll be good for all all the people with um, (laughs) PlayStation Move controllers swinging around. For all the people that are retarded, who lets go of their controller? Yeah, well, Actually, just you can you can look up on the internet and find plenty of people who do that. I just that. thought it was for those people deserve it. Not to it. mention all the people all the people knocking out their family members while playing Connect as well. <laughs> no, no, that's funny. That's hilarious. <laughs> people just getting a bit stab happy in front of the TV. Stab, stab, stab. <laughs> yeah. So they um they actually announced some pretty cool stuff. They displayed some prototype gear that they're bringing out, and since this is a gaming podcast, I'll just stick to the gaming stuff. They, um, well, they're working on a th- glasses-less 3D screens at the moment, which kind of counts for gaming because they're so focused on 3D gaming at the moment. But they've got a new prototype headset. Basically, back in the old days, all the virtual reality kind of stuff that you used to see in science fiction. It's kind of yes. like that. It's a headset that wraps around your head. It's got uh, surround sound through headphones to your ears and two separate screens, one for each eye, so that there's no crossover. Perfect 3D, basically. Wow. And one of the guys from Sony, he, um, he said he played Grand Turismo 5 on it in 3D and it's like nothing that he's ever played, like no experience before. And even his wife couldn't annoy him while he was playing it 
or something along those lines. So He's not married to my wife. That'd be pretty cool. <laughs> She'd rip it off and break it on the exactly. ground. Exactly. It was one of the things that I was kind of happy about with having the connect that uh, it still you know, can't understand the, the Aussie colloquialisms, I suppose, and inflections. But uh, I, I had this feeling like, you know, Claire just coming downstairs into where we've got the connect set up and just going, what are you doing? Why doesn't the Xbox just turn off? And then that's it. See you later. Xbox gone. Or coming down and just go, <laughs> turn turn the yeah. Xbox off. And then it's gone. I just I, I just have this feeling that that has happened all across the world and frustrated so many different people. But uh, maybe not. <laughs> anyway, sorry to interrupt. No, that would <laughs> sounds, that sounds like a legitimate yeah. fear. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, they... Um, what else? They announced that they have 60 million PSN members now, or there's 60 million registered PSN accounts, which is in comparison to Xbox came out at their press conference and announced that they have 30 million Xbox Live members, including gold and silver. Um, Who's happier? <laughs> Don't answer. Keep going. <laughs> uh, 5.5 million copies of Gran Turismo sold worldwide since its launch in November. And then they showed an Uncharted 3 trail in 3D. So basically, Uncharted 3 is going to be 3D capable. Cool. Uh, after that, the Microsoft press conference, basically, they had a couple of things. They had they announced that 8 million connects were sold. In, not the, their goal of 5 million, they sold 8 million connect units in 60 days since the launch, which is a pretty, pretty fair effort. If you ask me, that's uh, that's success. Yeah, well, they've they've done quite well with it. I don't know if they've made back their well, money. Well, that's yet right. On the just purely if exactly. Costs. Well, they would have but, made it definitely on the uh, manufacturing they don't have cost. Game well, the manufacturing cost as they came out were you know a fraction of the sales cost. It was about sixty-three or fifty-eight dollars or something, uh, including you know the three cameras and the you know, infrared and all that kind of stuff. Uh, so you know the markups definitely there. So they're making a bit of money on the sales. Yeah. Yeah, but I'd like to see how much they spent on research and development and that kind of stuff for it yeah, as well. Yeah, that'd be pretty high. I'd, I'd like to see some big that. Because mm. we, we all know they spent $500 million on marketing, yeah. half a billion dollars, plus a third of the price of each unit is at least a third of the price of each unit is going to just manufacturing. So I think it's going to be quite a while before they've made back the money that they've spent. True. But having said that, I think it's money well spent in terms of moving the gaming industry mm -hmm. forward. So, 8 million connects sold, and they've announced a new thing called Avatar Connect. They basically they want to expand the use of people's avatars. So, there's things like basically it's kind of like a video chat except you're in a, like a fake environment and everyone's in their avatar form and you just basically talk and the connect picks it up and it's like having a conversation with people except through through avatars which to me sounds kind of pointless and stupid i now whatever. no longer need to leave the house <laughs> exactly and uh there's a few other things on there with that that don't interest me at all they Oh, they talked a lot about the Windows Phone 7, the new Windows Phone operating system, which looks, I have to admit, pretty cool. They, 
it's basically connected to Xbox Live through your phone. And all the games that you play on your phone will, I think they have like 100 or 200 gamer points worth of achievements that you can get per wow. game. So basically, if you're an achievement, if you're an achievement hunter, you can uh, pick up a few extra achievements while you're taking a shit. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so they've got some games on there. They've got things like Fruit Ninja by Halfbrick. That's getting uh, launched on there. And they got a big shout out too, um, which I thought was awesome. I think all the... Yeah, they actually... Um, what's his name? Steve Ballmer was out on stage doing the... He's the CEO of Microsoft, by the yeah. way. He was out on stage talking about all this stuff, and he was talking about the phone. And he said, "You know, we're gonna—we've already got these games coming out, like uh, blah 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 blah, and like that great game Fruit Ninja, which was awesome. Fruit Ninja, Fruit Ninja, Fruit Ninja, Fruit Ninja. Yeah, so that was good. Developers, developers, developers. (laughs) So, (laughs) anyway, so that's that's a bit of a shout out for Fruit Ninja, but that's. You know, they're going to have all the game room games on there, all arcade type games. So that's going to be pretty cool for the Windows phone in general. And then uh, they announced a bunch of laptop crap. Like, I don't know. I didn't listen to their crap. Doesn't interest me. (laughs) But uh, what what Sony did not announce was a PlayStation phone, um, which sucks because everyone's looking forward to it. And it's not even a rumor anymore. You know, apart from the fact that Sony haven't confirmed it, I'm looking at this moment at a website where people are playing a friggin' PlayStation phone. Cool. So, or using it anyway. So, that's going to be basically it's Sony's Sony Ericsson's Xperia range or something of mobiles, and it's basically like a PSP Go, except instead of a Go, it's a phone. Well. And it has a touchpad, multi-touch touchpad instead of two analog sticks, which is great because the PSP really needed two analog sticks. So let's just hope that it comes out soon yeah, definitely. and has some good games for it. Definitely. Because that'll be uh, something that a lot of people want to pick up. And it also depends on how they, uh, you know, yeah. they the ability to get that, I guess, your, your older games on there as well. Uh, if it is just downloadable well or you know, how they go about trying to tackle that would be interesting well I'm I'm hoping that they'll release some PS some PS2 games because they've been doing PS1 classics for a little mm. while and so I'm pretty sure that all your minis and PS1 classics will probably be able to be played on it but it's I think four three or four times more powerful than the PSP mm-hmm. in terms of CPU and graphics processing so you would think that they'd be able to handle PS2 games. Oh, for sure. You know? Yeah. And, uh, oh, shit, there's one other thing. Hold on. Uh, dead air. That's right. right. I'll get rid of it. Um, dead money oh, for us, you Vegas DLC. <laughs> there's another portable thing I was thinking Is of. Is that that, uh, 3DS? Fuck it. Razor. Um, or was it, was it? Oh, you can mention that if you want. That's fucking cool. All right. Uh, also, the other thing uh, that Matt hasn't mentioned is the Onza, the new Razer uh, controller that uh, has been uh, mentioned and, and now released on I the website. You were talking about that. I thought you were talking about that portable PC thing that Razer are making. Oh yeah, that also looks pretty good. You know, 
I have. Yeah, the little. It's like a little laptop, but it's all custom buttons on it. Yeah, that looks incredible. Basically, no mouse, a touch screen. It's got a touch screen instead of a mouse, and it's basically designed for playing basically all PC games like World of Warcraft, and then as well as every Ooh. other type of PC game. So obviously, like they've when they mentioned it, when they've announced it, they've said that you can play like customized buttons for World of Warcraft. So obviously, it's got Wi-Fi capabilities, and um, it looks pretty pretty cool. I think we'll have an article yeah. on the website about and it. It won the future. Um, the CES product of the year, so it seems pretty good. And it, it from the actual pictures that were released, it looks tiny. It doesn't look much bigger uh, when it's folded down. It actually doesn't look much bigger than a, uh, a portable hard drive. So you know, you fold it out, um, you know, and everything's customizable. It's like a, a DS almost, where the, you know, the the bottom panel is all graphic but it's actual buttons that you can program like Matt said and the top of it's uh, actually pictures that you can you know, interact with on touch screen so that will be pretty good that actually looks like it's good and the, and the power apparently of it is just fantastic so something to look forward to but yeah as I mentioned uh, you know they are coming out with a new um, mouse and soon they're coming out with not mouse sorry a new controller for the Xbox and they're also coming out with a new headset so good old Razer stuff good to see Woo. quality quality so with that in mind um, I think it's probably a good time now for us to take a little bit of a break we've got a, a bit of a, um, a treat and I hope everybody really enjoys it. I had the chance during the week to catch up with a, uh, an Aussie developer uh, who's actually an American. Uh, but uh, yeah, Tin Man Games down here, they make um, a, a nice little series called the Game Book Adventures on the uh, App Store, I suppose. Uh, originally came out for the iPhone and the, uh, the uh, iPod Touch. And now they've branched off into um, you know, the iPad and the iPhone 4. So, yeah, they're a great little company. Uh, I had the chance to catch up with Ben, who's one of the, the programmers from there. So we're going to play that interview, and we'll be back after that. Enjoy. Hi and welcome everybody, this is your host here, Lucas, talking to one of the, I guess, prestige developers in Australia here at Tin Man Games. We've got uh, Ben Britton from, like I said, Tin Man Games, the creators of the very fun and uh, slightly addictive too, I, I got a little addicted, I wanted to know what was going on, the uh, the game book adventures. I don't, I don't know about Premiere or whatever word to use there, but I'll <laughs> be generous, but I appreciate that. I'll, I'll change it to modest. Okay. <laughs> We're awesome. Shut up. No. <laughs> so, Ben, introduce yourself, mate. Uh, yeah, uh, my name is Ben, and um, I am one of the two people at Tin Man Games. Um, I do all the software coding nerdy stuff, and uh, Neil, he does all the other stuff, basically. <laughs> <laughs> so you're the nerd, and he's the cool guy. Yeah, pretty much. Fantastic. <laughs> I've got the, the nerdy American accent. He's got like the cool British accent. So. 
There's no such thing as a cool British accent. <laughs> Not if you're in Australia. Ah, uh, fair enough. It's <laughs> <laughs> Palmy accent. That's better, yeah. <laughs> Except for some reason they can play cricket all of a sudden. I don't understand. Anyway, we won't get into that. I don't understand cricket anyway. So. <laughs> Good idea. <laughs> I don't either this year. Not at all. Mate, I, I wanted to have you on board so we could ask you a couple of questions. And, you know, a bit of the philosophy about Drop Air Gaming is that you know, we want to be a site for the Australian devs to get your name out there a little bit. We've got a lot of links here and there uh, into the States and into the UK. So you know, hopefully we can reach a good audience for you. Cool. Hopefully, you know, get people to get to know you guys a little bit as well, because outside of the States, the Americans don't really know too much about anything else. And I, I hope you'll agree with that and won't get it. I, I do, actually. That's why I left the States. I the rest of the world. <laughs> that's right. Exactly. So, mate, I'll, I'll go through a couple of questions with you. Uh, hopefully, that'll give people a bit of an understanding of what you guys go through. And uh, from there, we can... Um, we can you know, get this uh, on the website and get people introduced to you. Lovely. So, firstly, I guess, what was it that got you interested in game development to begin with? Um, well, I think, I mean, I think like most of us developers, I think playing games <laughs> originally yeah, as, yeah. as kids, and especially video games. Um, I'm, I'm a child of the 80s, so for me that was like Atari. You know, that was like the big Atari and those little crappy handheld football games. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then, and then when, when I got into sort of like even early, like early high school, I started doing software stuff. And one of the first things you do, of course, in the software courses, they're like, make, we're gonna make a simple game. We're gonna do, you know, tic-tac-toe with ASCII or something silly. And they're like, oh, I can make these games. So that was kind of what got me started really. And I've been, as long as I've been programming, I've been programming games. Yep. So. Sounds like a fun kind uh, of uh, pastime. But. <laughs> <laughs> um, so with that, I guess, um, you know, with those old school kind of games in, in mind, uh, do you draw on those as an influence at all? Or is it all about, uh, you, know, you know, I guess what kind of things do you use in creating your, your stories and your characters and those types of things? Yeah, I mean, definitely, definitely draw on all those. I mean, all those old old school games, surely, I mean, absolutely shaped um, how I approach game development now. And just like the ideas I have, the kind of games I want to make mm -hmm. are, all, all, are all heavily influenced by sort of those early, early games, especially sort of like the, um, the early Apple II games, because I had an Apple II, and so things like, yep. you know, all this, and I'm an RPG nerd, I used to play Dungeons and Dragons, and then of course, when all the RPGs came out, and the computers were like, oh my gosh, Ultima, you know, and Bard's Tale. Yeah. Mm -hmm. so it's definitely like, those very much crafted like how I approach gaming, and, and like what I like to do when I game. And add on to that, just, you know, an interest in, in literature, and especially like, you know, fantasy, and you know, Tolkien, and all that stuff. Yep. That's, I mean, I definitely, I guess you could say I'm, I'm a very cliched person where my ideas come from. They come from that sort of pool that everyone else's ideas seem to come from. <laughs> <laughs> but it's tried and true, so that really helps. And Dungeons and Dragons, yes. You know, so. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. So, um, Tin Man Games, you know, we, you know, it's basically based on the idea of those game books of that era, you know, Choose Your Adventure. Of course. Back. It wouldn't exist without them. So. Well, that's right, and that's one of the things that really drew me to you guys. I mean, as as a kid, I, I was born in the, the mid '70s, so um, you know, growing up with you know during primary school with choose your own adventures and all that kind of stuff, we didn't really have video games. It was the game of you know choosing a, a, an adventure throughout the book, which was awesome. So that really drew me towards what you guys are doing. Yeah, well, it turns out the same basic idea. <laughs> well, that's right. Yeah, yeah. You, you've only been with uh, Tin Man Games a bit over 12 months, is that right? That's correct. Uh, yeah. So I guess it was like October a year and a year, a year ago. Yep. Fair enough. Mm -hmm. <laughs> what did I say? 14 months ago. 14 yeah. months. Mm -hmm. 
prior to that, what types of things uh, were you doing? Um, well, sort of like if we, if we go back a couple of years, I was doing uh, visual effects for film industry. Mm -hmm. That's like where I was, where, where I did lots of uh, all my sort of, I mean, me, you know, paid the bills during that. Yep. And uh, did a lot of travel doing that sort of thing. Uh, it's all software, we're writing software for visual effects. And um, traveled a lot and got tired of traveling and sort of sailed down here in Melbourne with my, my wife who I met here. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and I've been, like I said, as, as I said before, as, the, as long as I've been writing code, I've been writing games, mostly just for myself and fiddling with things. And once I came to Melbourne, I decided, okay, let's, I'm tired of the film industry, I want to do game industry. So I started doing sort of contract work and small games. And this is uh, basically about a year after starting to do that, I was doing lots of desktop stuff uh, with Unity. And then the SDK came out for iPhone, and I think like every single one of my clients is like, within a week or two from that, was like, hey, we want an iPhone app. So like, all of a sudden, just the iPhone exploded. And so yep. I became an iPhone guy. <laughs> About half games and half boring, other boring things. And then about a year after that is when uh, Neil approached me because I've been doing, been pretty active in the iPhone community here in Melbourne. Yep. And Neil approached me and said, "Oh, you know, our coder's got to go. I need a new coder." So I said, "Well, let's have a beer and talk about what you want to do." And he's like, "We're doing choose your own adventure, but new stuff." I'm like, "Done. Let's do this." Lovely. Yep. <laughs> so it was like five minutes in. I'm like, "Yep, let's go. I'm on board." <laughs> like, you just wanted him to pay for the beer. Well, that too, yeah. <laughs> RPG, choose your own adventure, mobile stuff. It's, it's all it's all happening. It was like it was like the perfect it was like the match made in heaven. Yeah, of. that's right. Yeah, it definitely helps when you get all your passions, you know, like a duck ducks in a row. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, so I guess that that you know brings us to the actual stuff that you're going on at the moment. Um, so I guess uh, you know, the the side of the actual software development, it's been a bit of a, a long 14 months for you, as I understand. Yeah. Uh, a lot of work's gone on. There's been a lot of changes in that kind of uh, field as well. So I guess, tell us about the actual, you know, the process of developing the games. Well, it started, like, when I first came on, they had an engine sort of partially built um, based on some older technologies and some uh, other stuff. And um, the, the original idea with the, with the engine they had built was to make it sort of like really cross-platform. It was all OpenGL and it was great. Um, but I actually ended up having to scrap most of that just because the time constraints, um, when you make something, sort of try to make it as cross-platform as possible, you got to take into a lot of things into account. So instead I said, okay, we're going to take sort of the, the back end of the engine that does all the data stuff and scrap the front end. And we're going to do just put a, like an iPhone native UE on top of it just so we can get it out the door quickly. Yep. And the first book, Assassin in Orlandes, um, was very much about getting that engine working just for that book. And that took us about two months, um, pretty hard work. Yep. All the graphics and UI stuff and code and everything, and getting that all working in um, the new formats and things. And, uh, and so once that was done, it was great. But we basically, as soon as we released that, turned around immediately and started working on the second book. And we had always planned, obviously, like when, when I first came on, we basically had six books in the pipeline. Um, and we still have two that are going to come out soon. We've added to the pipeline in the last year. but. Um, so, so we, we, I, was, I was planning for six books, but I had to get the first book out quickly because we had to get money coming in or the company wasn't going to work. So yep. we, we cut a lot of corners to get um, Assassin out the door. And there's a lot of code in there that's basically very much just for Assassin. Mm -hmm. So for um, the second book, Necromancer, um, that's sort of like a half transitioning point from like the Assassin engine <laughs> to the game book engine, which is a generic engine. So um, the, 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 with, with the, the second book... Um, that, that one's sort of like half and half. It's like half hard-coded necromancer stuff and half generic stuff. And then by the third book, Slaves of Rima, that was when we really said, this one's gonna be, this is by, that was like sort of six months into the year. And I finally had enough time to like 
get the full engine up together, ready to go for a nice generic engine. And when we released Slaves of Rima, we actually released, uh, re-released uh, one and two on the new engine. So at, when we released Rima, all the code bases were the same at that point. We got rid of all the old crufty stuff. Yep. So, and then of course at that almost exact same time, Apple's like, hey, iPhone 4, Retina, iPad. And we're like, ah! <laughs> So what what changes did you have to go through when those came out? Just just for slaves, I guess. Did you uh, make any yeah. changes, or was slaves already on the shelves type thing? Um, no, let's try to remember now. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, when, when we were slaves, it came out with with um, Retina support. Okay. So um, they announced Retina support in uh, mid mid year Juneish, whatever the WWDC was. Mm-hmm. And I think slaves came out a month or two after that. Um, and mostly like slaves was was slated to come out probably six weeks before it did but when the retina hit we're like oh my gosh we have to get this in yeah um and basically like we were sort of caught in the back foot there because you know we were we were rushing to get out the first book and so we cut a lot of corners and then the second book we sort of for all the all the graphics and stuff this the second book was really just sort of like we copied all the first book stuff so we didn't really plan a whole lot ahead for like oh let's this is gonna be really modular and easy to change um by the time we got to slaves we had done most of the graphics for that for the smaller iPhone, older iPhone display, when they announced the Retina display, and we're like, oh my gosh, we have to go and redo every single graphic in the whole game for three books now. <laughs> because, I mean, no, no, if we'd been, if we'd been planning ahead and weren't in such a big rush, we probably would have said, oh, let's make these nice high-res graphics and we'll scale them down for each thing. Course, yeah. Well, if the iPhone is small, it'll be easy, you know. Mm-hmm. So we were, we were so focused on just making sure that what we were producing was high quality that we weren't really thinking ahead in terms of like what Apple might do. And so we definitely at least had to go through and redo all the graphics for Gamebook 1, 2, and 3 um, in double res. Wow. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, a bit of extra work. Yeah. At the same time, we knew the iPad had, had also been released. And so we're like, we're trying to think, okay. So we actually, at that same time, we basically did it in double res plus an iPad version for future. So we actually, at that point, we're like, okay, we need to be smarter about this. And, uh, and we basically did everything in big res so we can sort of scale down and, and tweak things to the, all the different resolutions that were now available. Yep. Mm-hmm. But that was a huge amount of work. Yeah, it would be. Yeah, and <laughs> you mentioned at the same time that you were working on your own engine that ran the whole thing, right? And developing that from you know basically when all lands was out, uh, right. you started pretty much you know putting that together. So, how much work goes into actually creating your own uh, your own engine? Um, I mean, the good thing about gamebooks is that the the the, the back end is fairly simple. I mean, ultimately, it's it's you know there's text you but you click a button you say yes you know and there's some yep. stats handling so like the actual back-end engine part is actually fairly simple um, and that part's never been really too complicated um but it's, it's always the front end stuff it's always the you get the dice rolling and the and all the different graphics have to go in and out and and we've got you know all the achievements and all the images and all that stuff so in order to basically take make sure all that data book specific data was sort of separate from the code that takes a lot of sort of like a lot of glue code that basically says, hey, you know, go look for this file, then that, that file tells me what other files to look for, as opposed to just sort of, you know, slapping it in. Yeah. So like with, with Orlandis, it's just all like, it's all just in there. It's like the code basically says, go to this specific file and, you know, put it on the screen kind of thing. Whereas the new engine's all, it's a lot more generic. It's all like, you know, go find the configuration file and then ask the configuration file where the other files are. And then, you know, so it's all more, a lot more generic. So now, and now with like Gamebooks 4 and 5 and 6 are coming out soon, um, it's a lot simpler from my point of view, from code-wise, to basically get just the huge amounts of data from the artists and the writers and from Neil for the interface and, and get all that stuff put into a package that I can just then plug into the engine. And it's, it's a lot better for us testing-wise as well. Mm-hmm. 
because we yep. just have to test that, that the books are correct. Like the book logic is, is obviously specific for every book, so we have to test that, and that takes a while. But but now, now that the engine's sort of generic and working, there's a lot less sort of testing has to happen there. So we should be able to make books quicker, hopefully. Fantastic. So with that, I guess uh, the the actual writing of the stories and the artwork and those types of things, that's, that's Neil's game? Uh, Neil handles that stuff. We actually, um, although Neil did write... Uh, um, Necromancer. Yep. Um, actually, outsource most of the writing and art artistry stuff. So, all the in-game illustrations are, are done by artists um, that we hire on just for those books. Yep. And we got a couple that we that, that are going to come back for some more books because they've been really popular and they really like the experience. Um, but we, I mean, one of the goals originally was to sort of for every book to be written, um, every every book to be different, like good good in its own way, but not not the same thing every every time. Of course, we, yeah. Yes, we wanted to have we wanted to have all the you know, different art styles and different writing styles and, and different stories and, and all these stories be based, at least with the first six books were all in Orlandis. Mm -hmm. um, yep. And future books I can't talk too much about, but there's we're going to branch out and do some more genres and some more uh, different, you know, universes as it were. Oh, that uh, sounds like fun. But yeah, we definitely, we definitely wanted to have this this one world Orlandis and have all these different voices telling different stories from that one world and, and, and have the artwork be different and stuff. So that was originally one of the big goals for us. And so we, we, we outsource all that, all that, um, that work to people all over the world with those ones you know, the, the future books being worked on currently what do you see are going to be the uh, the toughest things for you guys to to tackle in the next couple of months um well we have there's there's we've got a lot of books in the pipeline right now um, some of which are written and some are being written mm -hmm. and we're really looking into doing some more genres um we're doing some sci-fi stuff coming down the pipe and um even some other stuff like uh some other more like paranormal romance, I think, is the, is the term nowadays. Things like that. <laughs> we're really trying to branch out, and that's going to be interesting for us because uh, both Neil and I are very much we're very sort of you know fantasy kind of guys, yep. and like that sort of like swords and sorcery thing. And we both like sci-fi and other stuff as well. But for us to sort of branch into those things will be a new interesting experience. Um, and we're also looking, we're also looking at trying to get game books on some more platforms. Yeah, uh, well, that'll be good. Yeah, we're starting with Kindle, so we're going to do Kindle Active next, I think. Yep, that'd be perfect. Yeah, because I mean, it's just it's a good fit for our books. Yeah, um, yeah, and then we're looking at things like you know Android, of course. Yeah, and uh, you know desktop, you know who knows Facebook. Mm -hmm. <laughs> wow, well. these are all on the list. Like, we'll never get done. But <laughs> well, you got to aim high. Yeah, I mean, I think the biggest thing for us now is just to get because currently um, we're the, the the sales are pretty consistent and we're, and we're sort of pretty much hitting our sales targets, but that still isn't not enough money for us to sort of stay alive. So right now it's about getting a couple more books out and sort of getting that, that sort of sales base going yep. so we can have enough funds to sort of keep going. That's well, that's right, exactly. I mean, there's not too many other you know, stories that come out in such quick succession either. It's kind of remaining fresh, which is great. Yeah, we're, we're trying to, so we're trying to keep get a book out. I mean, like we did pretty good. Like last year we had four books out, so that's one book every three months, right? So yep. we're trying to probably double that, hopefully. Well, <laughs> Six weeks, I mean, two months, six weeks maybe, so... Look at maybe six to eight books next year, hopefully. Fantastic. Looking forward to them. Yeah, I mean, that's probably about as fast as we can do, I think. About six weeks, probably about as quick as we can probably turn a book around. Yeah, of course. That's um, assuming it's already written, really. <laughs> well, exactly. As long as there's enough writers there tapping away. Yeah. Then that'll help. I guess you know, going through all the progressions like that, um, you know, seeing what's going to happen in the future, what would you probably say, um, you know, being in the game for quite a while now, uh, what would you say to somebody looking to do a startup, you know, from scratch, what what are some of the pitfalls that you guys have probably seen uh, that you'd probably pass on to someone to try and uh, you know, get them over the line with without so many hiccups? Right, right. Well, I think the biggest thing, and 
And we heard this tons of times when we were starting out. We didn't listen. So I'm going to say it again to everyone who's out there who didn't even listen. Marketing is the most important thing. I don't care what yeah. you say. Like, I mean, it's, it's like we're very focused on having a quality product, obviously. But the marketing is almost more important than that. Mm-hmm. It, it's 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 painful for me as a developer and a game lover and somebody who loves the stories and the game side of it to say that the marketing is probably the most important thing, especially for indies, is that you can have an amazing game out there and if no one knows about it, you will fail. Yeah. So I mean, like go, going into this, you think, oh, you know, I'll be doing code and Neil will be doing production and we'll have these other guys doing writing and that'll be great. But really, what you what it should have been is like, you know, code writing production is like a quarter of what you do, and then the other three quarters of what you do is all marketing. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. and, we're trying to get better about it, you know. We're, you know, we've got um, Neil does a great job on the Twitter. He tweets constantly, and he's you know got lots of followers. And, and uh, we're trying to do more blog posts and things like this, where I, I talk to you know gaming magazine, online gaming magazines. <laughs> yeah, that's right, exactly. <laughs> yeah, we definitely like the biggest thing for startups is, I mean, obviously have a good idea, a good game, and make sure it's a quality product. But have a marketing plan, have a marketing budget, and do like have someone who. Is in, is in control of that, and that's that's their their thing. Yeah. You know? I mean, it seemed to work for uh, for Microsoft recently with the the launch of Connect. Uh, their budget was you know a gazillion dollars, and they pretty much overspent, as far as I understand. Yeah. But, uh, they've <laughs> sold eight million of those, and uh, you know that's a bit ridiculous. It's a lot yeah. of Connects out there. Yeah, exactly. Well, I mean, like you know, it's Connect. It's kind of a cool product. Yeah. And. and and it's, it's really about getting like if you have a cool product then when, when people know about it they'll probably want to buy it that's right it's like getting people to know about a part that's the hard part is it yeah like, i think as gamers and developers we tend to be um idealistic and saying if i make a great game the, it'll be you know people will talk talk to their friends about it it'll be an underground success that's right and that almost never happens i mean you know it does happen occasionally but, but yeah, if you're lucky speaking you know the, the, even the big the big guys who you think oh you know those guys are amazing they had big marketing pushes you know so, or they, you know, spent ten grand on a marketing company to go do press releases and do a push form or whatever. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Just very quickly, you know, you've mentioned, you know, the the next couple of months in in the future. What would you probably say as a, a big picture? Where do you guys really see yourselves in a couple of years' time? Well, I think I think what what our sort of long term plans are is to have um, like like a nice city stream of, of new stories coming out uh, at a pretty, pretty simple clip, you know, like once every two months or six weeks. Yep. Um, and just keep that flow going as long as we can. And then we, we definitely, we have a couple other different sort of game ideas and things in the pipeline um, that we want to work on as well uh, that I can't talk at all about. Of course. No, <laughs> that's fair except enough. To say, except to say that, that, that we're, we're very excited about the game books. Um, that's sort of like our core idea that's something yep. we're passionate about. We have a couple of other ideas of new games and stuff we want to push out once those sort of are, are going a little bit better. You know, just sort of like a new new ways to use that that sort of those stories and those characters. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we, we want to keep them all tied together. So we have this world of Orlandis and, and these new these new worlds that are going to be coming out in the next year. Yep. These new universes, and we definitely want to start making some other games that utilize sort of those stories and characters as well. Will you uh, draw on your experiences in the, in you know motion picture, I guess, in uh, in anything there? Oh, for sure. I mean, uh, even 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 stuff in the game now is all has some. Some of the experiences from that, just getting things done and coding and things like that. But yeah, for yeah. sure. And then yeah. just, just the, you know, having been in that industry and seeing how that industry works and trying to apply the good things from that industry to our industry, you know. Yep. Like that. So. Fantastic. Yeah, looking forward to see what you guys do come up with. 
Well, um, I mean, it all sounds great, mate. And, uh, you know, here at Drop Bear Gaming, we're going to try and help you out as much as we possibly can. I really appreciate you, you, you know, taking the time to come and do an interview with us. So I'll, uh, I'll try and make sure this gets up on the website and I can push this as, uh, as much as possible. Is there any shout outs you want to send out to anybody? Oh, gosh, you're on the spot. <laughs> <laughs> like to be spontaneous. Yeah, no, yeah, come follow us on Twitter and, uh, you know, love all our fans, all your fans, and uh, thanks for you, to you guys for, uh, you know, getting the word out for us. Not a problem at all. It's what we're here for. That's been there from uh, from Tin Man Games. Get onto the website, tinmangames.com.au. Follow them on Twitter, both Ben and uh, and the Tin Man himself, Neil. Also, jump onto the uh, the App Store in uh, in Apple. Grab the, the books. They are a lot of fun, so do that. And hopefully, you'll be able to, to get those out, as you said, on the Android and the Kindle soon as well. Yeah. Thanks, Ben, for coming along and having a chat. No worries. Thank you. All right, welcome back. I hope you had a good chance to listen over on the uh, the interview with Ben. Uh, I had a lot of good fun recording it with him. We had a couple of laughs, which were really good, and we had a bit of a chance to, to catch up outside of the interview as well. Big shout out to the Tin Man Games. Uh, keep doing what you're doing, and I'm really looking forward to some of that uh, stuff that we've discussed. So good on you, Ben. Keeping uh, on topic uh, with some of the some of the big releases, I guess, of this year, both um, gaming and peripherals, there's been some information leaked about the new Skyrim game. Jamie's been having a bit of a look into it, seeing that's his his game of the year, pretty much. He's looking forward to that pretty well above everything else. Jamie, take us away, mate. What did you find out? Well, um, okay, uh, it leaked, uh, somebody got some scanned images of Game Informer, the Game Informer that's yet to come out, and, uh, they had a Skyrim, like, cover and stuff like that, and, uh, this is all the info that was taken, so leveling has been pretty much totally revamped, there's no more class selection at the start of the game, and every skill you upgrade contributes to your overall level, also, each time you get extra health, and the extra magicka and stamina so i don't know what they mean by totally revamped because that's sounds a lot like what they already had in place with oblivion uh something that they've grabbed from fallout is that each level also brings you perks um you can advance past level 50 but it'll be severely slow like next level like 51 will take a very long time to get to uh, they've dropped some skills there was 21 in oblivion it's now 18 the game tries to accommodate players who want to specialise in a certain profession, like mage or thief, uh, but giving room for players who want to do plenty of everything, like Oblivion. Uh, story, it's set 200 years after Oblivion in Skyrim, a region north of Cyrodiil, uh, which was where Oblivion was, where the Nords are from, which was a race in Oblivion. Uh, and the other Elder Scrolls games. The dragons are returning as it was prophesied. You are going to be trying to stop the wicked dragon god. You are a dragonborn, a dragon hunter. Your mentor is one of the last blades. Uh, blades are the protectors essentially of the kings of the Elder Scrolls like universe. Uh, there is a civil war since the king is dead. You've got some enemies that's not really important. Uh, combat will be pretty much the same, except dual wielding weapons, more dynamic and tactical. Uh, you can sprint now, which is a big change. Uh, oh, oh, I so it took man. them 200 years <laughs> to learn how to sprint. 
And about the, time too, because that's so friggin' the, annoying in a The Olympics game. would have been so boring back then. <laughs> <laughs> now for the 15 kilometer walk. Oh, damn. That, um, third person view has been improved. No, I don't really know what that means. It was already, it was, no one uses it. <laughs> uh, five, five massive cities and there'll be more variation in caves and mines and like, you know, dungeons and whatnot. Well, wow, sounds like a lot uh, of quest... information was leaked. Mm. Quests are much more dynamic now. The quests are determined by how you build your characters, individual actions, and overall much more dynamic. Examples provided, if you're more of a magic user, some other mage may approach you who may not have if you were just a melee character. Or if you killed someone who owned a store that was going to give you a quest, his sister would inherit the store, but she may resent you before giving you that quest. Also, <laughs> also, also quests. You killed my fucking were... brother, you. <laughs> Sorry, now go, now go collect eight apples and bring them back. That's to me. right. <laughs> also, quests you were go given will be modified by go, how you have played. Go down into the basement. There's some giant rats. Kill them, and we'll be yeah. We'll be friends and... again. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Because I really hate rats, and I wasn't that much of a fan. Of That's my right. Brother, I really right? wanted to get my hands on the store. You know, there wasn't a <laughs> there was an Oblivion mission where you were meant to kill some rats in a basement. Actually, no, you were meant to protect a... them from cougars that were getting in the basement. Fair enough. What? <laughs> That's just like a piss take on the standard kill these rats at level one <laughs> exactly. in, in all RPGs. <laughs> where you're learning how to That's do classic. something. That's classic. Kill these rats. Mm, yes. But it's yep. going to be the game of the year. Well, that sounds good. I mean, yeah. it's by the sounds of it, they've nearly wrecked it for you now. They probably will. They, it would just be a feature. It's the same as... Aren't they doing something about LA Noir in the next, in they, the next issue? They did a big LA Noir one in the most recent one that I read, like, four times. It was pretty good. Mm. Um, yeah. But I hope this is one of their Sweet. big ones, like their six-page ones or something. And I hope there's a lot more information actually spilled out than what's on this... Than what's out currently because it's really not that much like saying that they totally revamped no, it, it isn't true like that, that's that's the whole game hmm. there's nothing else <laughs> no as in there's more information about it not that's just it <laughs> okay <laughs> no i think that they, they probably will be <laughs> they probably will be dude yeah there's got to be a lot of changes they're putting into it anyway. so you know I, I can't wait for some more information on some of the games that i'm looking for 300 to. hours of fun yeah, maybe not. Not for me. 500 for me. <laughs> Moving right along, got uh, a bit of information on uh, Connect. There's been some discussions about the Connect and what it's you know, looking to do. Um, you know, as Matt mentioned very briefly before, there's uh, you know, a bit of information on um, Connect avatars, so where they're trying to now use it more for communication. Uh, sitting around a campfire and you know, having a good old yarn to some of your mates. I don't know why you can't do that in real life anymore. Well, they they've made they got um, it's actually Avatar Connect, what it's technically called, not Connect Avatar. Not anymore, and changed it. They, um, okay, <laughs> Connect Avatar. <laughs> they, um, that's right. They basically they've got a bunch of different backgrounds, and you all go in there with your really badly poorly designed avatars and you sit in the different areas like one of them is uh, a circle of chairs so I guess that's the Alcoholics yeah, that's Anonymous right. <laughs> the, that, that's the anger management um, setting and then they've got the Oprah setting which is like a couch with a, a chair next to it 
so Dr. Phil, doing talk shows. It's with your friend. That's right. <laughs> you can, or you, if you do the, if you do one of these, you can actually uh, post it on Facebook saying we are now doing our talk show on Avatar Connect. Click here to come and watch. Wow. So you can like have this week we have guests, the housewives, and they're going to talk about how their husbands are such bastards. That's right. <laughs> the best part about it yeah, is just, just grouping cars, so you can like make that. it look however you want anyway. Yeah, they're, they're all fat, but in Avatar Connect, they look That's beautiful. Right. Don't be fooled by voices, people. <laughs> Skinny voices. <laughs> <laughs> Skinny voices are the, the worst. That's right. They're so deceptive. Exactly. <laughs> well, the other side of that is... Like, don't, don't get me wrong. <laughs> don't get me wrong. My voice is really... My voice is really fat, but in reality, I'm just a manly beast of a man. <laughs> a manly beast of a man. That's uh, a little bit too scary, exactly. I think. Most people didn't need to hear that. <laughs> That's such a lie. <laughs> the other thing that's been coming out as well is a couple of uh, titles have been released for the Connect now. It seems to be a bit of a stretch like I've sat down I've had the connect now for a couple of months and sat down and thought how can you really use this to make a good game or interact within some of the games that are coming out you know the uh, stuff coming out on the Sony the move some of that stuff is is pretty good but you've actually got the ability to use your hands to to feel that you're holding something and get some feedback from that but you don't with the connect so it gives you that distance It'll be kind of interesting to see what's going on with that. But, you know, some of the things that have been discussed very quickly, Codename D is one of the names uh, coming from Grasshopper. I oh, know. Codename Yeah, exactly. It sounds like a, a pretty funky title. Um, sounds like a rapper. <laughs> well, it, the little write-up says, uh, you must fight for your life to survive an evil museum park filled with twists and eerie creatures. It's going to be kind of... I don't know. From that, I don't know if that's going to be any good or not. But we'll see what happens. Uh, <laughs> it sounds fantastic. Yeah, yeah, that's going to be a day one. Um, Project Draco is... Um, not not Draco? It could be Draco. could be Draco. It, it's, it's probably Draco. 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 Um, <laughs> it's Drac with a silent <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it's got a silent C and it's just. It's a silent C. Yeah. It's Doctor Ray. It's a silent C. It's it's Drow. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's coming out from grounding. Don't know what they. Grounding. Just grounding. The the end silent. It's just ground grounding. <laughs> grounding. Grounding. So anyway, it's it's written up anyway. as a um an epic 3D flying shooter. Whoa. Yeah, uh, the only cool part about that is um, that uh, you, it's kind of like a, a dragon game where you have to teach your dragon how to do things. Uh, as, how to train your dragon? Yeah, exactly, pretty much. Uh, like yeah, connect you have to train your dragon. Connectimals, <laughs> but they are dragons. So I guess that's going to be fun for some people. Um, then there's... You stick your arms out to the side and sing like a G6. <laughs> <laughs> no. No, let's hope you don't do that. There's, there's haunt. They, they'd be getting slizzard. <laughs> well, no, this isn't anyway. a game about you going to the club, man. Right. 
Oh shit. <laughs> That's Michael Jackson's experience. Yeah, yeah. Oh, you gotta geez. get off that one, mate. That's good for anybody. <laughs> get off on it. So next is the haunt, or just haunt, I should say. There's no the in it. Um, so on it, you know, that just is a um, dodge traps and outwit you know, your, your enemies pretty much. So it sounds like it'll be fairly railed and you know, it's going to be a bit dodgy. But I guess one of the probably one of the biggest ones coming out is a continuation of an old game, which is something that I'm a little bit more excited about. Uh, Steel Battalion Heavy Armor. Uh, any. You would be excited. Anybody that might be able to remember the uh, Steel Battalion games, they were a a good bit of fun a long time ago. But now this one is uh, Manhattan 2082, um, pretty much where computers and all modern technology has been lost. So we're going back to the stages where it's all raw kind of, you know. And hopefully it's a good game. I mean, hopefully they use the combination of some really good graphics with the Kinect and that'll be actually a good feature instead of just being lost in a kiddies kind of game which most of them so far have been so anyway I'm looking forward to see where the Kinect goes and I hope that some of these new games are going to bring those out one of the things that actually has come out of CES is the fact that um Steve Barmer or Bormer or whatever you want to call him came out and was questioned about the connect or the technology for the connect being used in the pc realm and i think that would be awesome to be able to do that adds a lot more than just based around the games and around the you know the technology within the xbox that i think would be pretty cool he didn't specifically say yes uh, we're going to do it but he did say we'll support that in a formal way at the right time and when we have the announcement to make we will make it do pc a pc gamers really interested in connect i mean that's a whole nother thing like is in the family gathers around the computer <laughs> to... yeah i know but well i saw a video actually the other day a youtube on youtube someone because with all the hacks that are coming out for connect they're obviously all with a pc people are connecting the connect into their mm-hmm. pc and yes. I saw one, it was a guy playing the real-time strategy game, Ruse. Oh, yep. Basically, he held his hands out flat in front of the Kinect, and the Kinect, he's like sitting in front of the computer. The Kinect is at the base of his screen, so he's right there, right in front of it. And he's basically using his left hand to like move the mouse around on the screen. On a right hand's moving the mouse, so basically you use your right hand for the mouse anyway, right? But instead of holding the mouse, he's just waving his hand around and then he's tapping with his left hand when he wants to click and like puts his left hand out and drags with his right hand to click and drag and stuff like oh, that. Oh, wow, that sounds good. It it, it it would get pretty tiring pretty quickly, yeah. I'd imagine, holding your fucking hands out for the whole time. But, <laughs> it's you know, you, you were just saying yeah, what uses would it have for a PC. There's one right there, basically. Mm. And I think being able to, uh, you know, interact better within games uh just to be able to to capture your expressions and capture your motion within a game would be i think a lot easier on the pc like for instance if you wanted to make a motion you know a a motion picture type thing um you know like a a cartoony type uh you know short video you could do it through that 
what with like avatars yeah or you know you could create your own skins and your own environments and all that kind of stuff and uh you know use it to interact you, you know using the, the 3d well, the technology main, that's in it the main problem with connect is that as far as i can tell for that kind of thing is the facial recognition is not that good because the resolution so yeah, low. and a lot of that comes like, down to distance. At at CES, yeah, but even even, you know, it only has, uh, you know, whatever rating of resolution, you know, they they're saying, um, at CES they showed Avatar Connect and basically it can pick up your facial facial recognition. They say, but really all it was measuring was if you smile, it can tell that you smile. If you raise your eyebrows. You can tell that you raised your eyebrows, I think, mm. maybe. And the other one was basically if your mouth drops open, it opens the mouth like a O face, like, oh my gosh, yeah. sort of thing. <laughs> Except the picture that they showed, the guy looked like he was just smiling and the face was going, oh, like, oh, I'm surprised. <laughs> so it wasn't even so, that good. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I was, you know, they're going, the facial recognition is unbelievable. But if you're standing there, in front of a connect, it doesn't pick up your fingers. No, it doesn't. It measures that it sees that that's your arm, and it grabs the yeah. creates a picture of a hand. But all it sees is a nub. Uh -huh. Like we could all have nubs. Oh, well, we do, don't we? Which would be handy. <laughs> it would be handy. Hey, I see what you did there. Move if you had it nubs. would that's be right. handy. I think it would yeah, not it be, be handy more nubby. No, it would, no, because <laughs> if you had no hands. If you had no hands up until now, you wouldn't have been able to play video games. True. Oh but now my you god! Can play, now you can play dancing and just dance, dance your ass off, dance your nubs That's away. That's right. So that that'll finish our Connect discussion because I've had enough of Connect. There's been a bit of information coming out from the Nintendo camp on their 3DS launch. Some games information has come to a head uh, we've got release dates worldwide as well which is getting kind of exciting but there has been a little bit of controversy as well because of the new technologies pushing the capabilities of the batteries so um, Jamie's got a bit more information on that so I'll pass it over to you mate and uh, let us see all in on that one okay on release date it will be released in Japan first February 26 2011 for the rest of the world it'll be sometime in March 2011 uh, for the battery controversy, uh, the average, the battery of the most recent model, which is the DSi XL, the battery was able to last 13 to 17 hours depending on brightness. The battery for the 3DS, however, will be lasting, if you're playing 3D, 3D games, it will be 3 to 5 hours depending on brightness. For regular DS games, it will be 5 to 8 hours depending on brightness. Um, so there's a little bit of uh, backlash about that. That's not really enough time, in my opinion. Yeah, I, I completely agree. I mean, five to eight hours maybe, um, because that's you know, that's a, that's not a bad time really. Yeah, that's uh, a it's a good chunk of a day of playing games on the DS. Well, that's right, exactly. 
but for 3D, which is going to be the exciting part when you first get your hands on this to sit down and waste hours playing in 3D because you can. I know with a lot of other 3D products that have come out into the market, you know, because you have to wear the glasses and all that kind of stuff, they do suggest only short bursts even for 3d movies and things like that you know i've i've heard some people suggest that they can't sit down and watch more than half an hour 45 minutes of a 3d movie so maybe three to five hours is a ploy for people to stop and actually move on but i don't think it's enough to 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 warrant spending the 350 bucks to get the machine if you're only going to get a couple of hours out of it especially the fact that it is a portable and you're going to end up sitting on you know, on the floor or you know whatever next to your uh, next to your wall plug so a bit of a waste of time there but there's some really exciting games that have been slated for the release uh, what what titles have you got there Jamie first party launch games coming out for the 3ds are Kid Icarus Mario Kart Nintendogs plus cats which is gonna be amazing plus cats. they just run around and eat each other <laughs> happy fun Pilot Wings Resort, Animal Crossing, which is the greatest franchise of all time, Star Fox 64 3D, which is another classic, not uh, being rebrought in 3D, Steel Diver, uh, I have no idea what on earth that could be, uh, and Paper Mario, which is that doesn't make much sense. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they, mm. they sound like kind of fun kiddie-ish type, uh, type games, so yeah, hopefully that'll be good. But there are some uh, some great ones slated for the rest of the year too, which will be really interesting to keep an eye on, and we'll be able to bring you some stories about those hopefully pretty soon. To our website, we've been up now for you know a week. Uh, we are completely live now. We've had articles going up for the majority of days, and uh, I guess what we should touch on is some of our um, the successes and the things that you know we're getting a little bit of uh, you know heat from i suppose we're getting some comments on a couple of articles jamie do you reckon you have a favorite article of the week um my favorite article of the week would have to go to the good the bad the ugly the bold and the beautiful by our contributing writer jonesy that was a good article yeah i agree yeah i actually really enjoyed that article i uh, i was lucky enough to to have a bit of a read of it of course before it went up uh, as you probably were as well hopefully being editor no, no? <laughs> just get it up there um, <laughs> and the uh, i guess one of the other ones that i probably was pretty interested in was um i wrote it myself uh i know just <laughs> the shining light here um, is the uh, the fact that Torchlight is coming to the XBLA uh, I, I reckon that's going to be so much fun as long as they do it properly the whole style of that game has not been done very well on the consoles so I really hope that they can get that together but you know, the fact that they've pretty much remade the game to be able to do that then that was pretty good so um, I haven't played Torchlight so um, I'll buy it and play it and yeah hate it probably review it <laughs> yeah, when's it coming out uh, I think it was first quarter so okay. I don't think there was actually a release date put on there so yeah it was either first or second quarter so okay. yeah so that'll be that'll be a bit of fun there um, now I'm going to close off the show so it's been a bit of a train wreck Matt's just actually dropped off that's why he's been a little bit quiet in the last couple of minutes um but uh, you know, that, that may help 
So I guess uh, we'll have some shout-outs. If there's any shout-outs that you want to throw in there, Jamie. Okay, the people that retweeted our tweet, uh, if you follow Drop Bear Gaming on Twitter, that's at Drop Bear Gaming, you'll know that whenever we're recording, we'll say we are recording episode whatever. Retweet if you want a shout-out. Uh, people that retweeted this week were Phil Philosophy and Craig Peebles. Boom. And uh, and our newest followers on Twitter will always get announced. They are Ben Britton, Tin Man Games, uh, Cucumber on Eye, which is interesting enough as <laughs> it is, uh, Grassus Lena, uh, and Ayamo, <laughs> uh, Craig Peebles, and Cameron OZ20. Yeah, good old Camos. Also, Camoz, uh, I had a discussion with him today, um, and it looks like our forums will be going live in the next couple of days. The the code monkey that is Matthew has pretty much got them finalised. They're all ready to go. He just has to, uh, you know, upload them to the server and let it go. They're looking really good, and Camoz has actually you know, said that he's quite interested in coming along to help us out on the, the moderating for the forum. So that's good to know. The team's slowly coming together. If anybody listening to this is interested in contributing to the site, we do have some really interesting ideas and some pretty fun kind of things that are coming out of the discussions that uh, the three of us have been having. So if we can get all those into fruition, anybody that's interested in coming along and helping out, just put your hand up, get in contact with one of us, and we'd love to have a chat with you. So We actually we actually have a team of contributing staff, which I guess I'll shout out right now. It's uh, Jonesy and Shane. They've both put out articles that were both actually quite good. Um, there's also, as you said, Cameron will be joining us soon as a moderator. And I guess, if, like as you said, if you do want to help out with the site, if you think you have something to offer, I'd say... Uh, I'll take that, I guess. I'll send an email or tweet me, uh, jammy at dropbeargaming.com or genjammy on Twitter, and I'll take care of that. Fantastic. I'm a good person. <laughs> Don't be deceived, people. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> that pretty much closes off our show. Sorry for the train wreck that was episode two, but hopefully we're <laughs> going to get this sorted out very, very soon and mm. uh, a nice flow from now on. So once again, I really want to say thank you to Ben Britton uh, from Tin Man Games for his interview. And uh, yeah, hopefully we'll have some more devs coming on board and some more conversations with those guys in the next few weeks. So keep an ear out and an eye on that. So thank you very much for having us and we will talk to you again soon. Goodbye from me. Goodbye from me. (laughs) And bye-bye from everybody else. (laughs) (laughs) All right. See you guys. The devastation that has hit Queensland, Australia has been unfathomable. Disaster beyond anything that anybody could perceive. I'd like to take this moment to just leave a little more, bit of a montage for everybody to have a listen to. And please donate if you're able to. There will be links in the uh, show notes for people to be able to leave a donation if you feel like you can. Thank you very much for your support and help. We want to take you down to Australia, where an area the size of Texas has become a real-life version of the movie Waterworld. Large parts of the Australian city of Brisbane are now deserted, with thousands of people fleeing the worst floods there in decades. Our top story is the flooding overseas in Australia. Police have ordered the evacuation of parts of the country's third largest city, Brisbane. Who's gonna pick you up? It's hard to-
hard to imagine how the community could actually recover from this. Who's gonna bend your... There's nothing left. It's all gone. The town's gone. Who's gonna be your... They didn't make it out. The house collapsed really. Who's gonna pay your... It's the worst natural disaster in our history. Queensland has already faced some dark days and there are dark days still ahead. But Australia is standing with you, working with Queensland to help Queensland through this crisis. It's not the fact that your house is going under, it's the fact that you can't do anything. You just, just, there's nothing you can do. I know there's going to be a mess. It's going to be a huge mess. It was a mess when we left. So the challenge for all of us, all levels of government, forget the politics, is everyone to stick with this rebuilding task for what is a core part of the country, which is Queensland. This event is three quarters of Queensland. It's more than France and Germany combined. It's now affecting millions of people and our people on the front line are just something us, every one of us should be proud of.